Hi everyone, this is Jessica Chen and you are listening to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Each episode is meant to teach and inspire you to find new ways to level up your speaking skills. Because here's the truth, it's possible and I'm so thrilled you're here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends and family. Now let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our Communicating Confidently podcast. Today, I am chatting with my friend, Almira Jiwa Pratt. We're going to be chatting about all things how to find your authentic voice. What does that even mean? What is your authentic voice? Why is your voice so important for your career advancement? And more importantly, how can you use your authentic voice to advance your career? We're going to be chatting about it all, and I cannot wait for us to talk about this. Now, for those who are not familiar with Almira, she is a content manager at LinkedIn Learning. And as many of you probably know, I am a LinkedIn Learning instructor. And funny story, she was one of the first producers I ever got connected with when I first became a LinkedIn Learning instructor. And what I love about working with Almira is she's such a champion for communications courses and allowing instructors like us to share our expertise and our craft. So I really have to thank Almira for seeing the value of the communications work that we do at Soulcast Media. And of course, we are still coming out with more communications courses on the LinkedIn learning platform. So stay tuned for that as I announce that soon. But let's get into it. Let's talk about how to find your authentic voice at work. Almira, (laughs) hi, thank you for joining. Hi, Jessica. Hi, everyone in the chat. Thank you. That was such a lovely intro. Yes, because I just have to share, you know, you and I, we really have been working with each other over the last few years. I know, you know, every so often we'll like touch base with each other. And, you know, I know we're both young moms as well. So we have that in common. It's just, it's just great. I'm so happy that you're here. And I am a super Jessica fan. Um, You were, I think, one of my first new authors that I worked with. Um, I've been at LinkedIn Learning for four and a half years. So I'm not sure exactly the dates, but I know we started working together. You were one of the first authors that I worked with. Um, and, and it's just been fantastic. And you have incredible communications tips and advice and just the way you tell your stories and the way you share your information is so engaging and inspiring. So huge Jessica fan. And thank you for having me on your show. Well, I know I did a quick intro um, about you, but I know I've, there's so much more I can say. But yeah, for the folks who don't know who you are, Amara, please share a little bit about yourself, the work that you do. Uh, we'd love to learn more. Yeah. So um, as you said, Jessica, I'm a content manager at LinkedIn Learning, and I've been with LinkedIn for about four and a half years. And um, my role as a content manager is to look at um, all of the courses that we have in our library and um, really focus. I was focused primarily on communications and career courses and um, shifted my focus to our short form content across multiple topics. But really to look at the strategy of, of what courses do we need? What do people on LinkedIn want to hear about? What do business professionals want to hear about? Communications is always one of those mm-hmm. you know main topics that people need to learn about as one of those soft skills. So um, looking at that and um, and then working with incredible instructors, finding and working with incredible instructors on what goes into that course, what is the content going to be? Um, and then also sharing a bit of coaching around how can you present your course, course mm-hmm. best. So um, a little bit of that too. And, and and what kind of got me there was my background in acting and communication. So as, as a trained actor, I went to theater school, um, trained for three and a half years and then worked as an actor in Vancouver. I moved to Atlanta and went back to school and got a degree in communications, focusing in, in journalism and public relations, and then worked in agency um, leading our financial services practice, but focusing on media training and uh, executive positioning. So again, training um, business leaders on how they speak, how they show up at work um, and communicate and give their presentations and um, run meetings and um, answer interview questions too. So important. So I wanna just dive into this topic of finding your authentic voice. And by the way, we have close to 60 people who are tuning in right now, which is amazing. So thank you all for taking the time your morning, your afternoon, your evening, wherever it is you're dialing in from. So, okay, Elmira, finding your authentic voice. 
Now, I know when you and I were kind of going back and forth on what is it that we wanted to talk about, we landed on this topic. And I want to just first ask this question to you. What does that even mean? Okay. What does it even mean to find your authentic voice in the workplace? And secondly, why is that even something that we should even be thinking about at work? Because I imagine most of us are just, okay, we just got to work. We got to just tell our boss what we have to do, right? You know, just get through the daily tasks. But why authentic voice here? Um, And I'd love to hear from the chat too, people. um, What does authenticity mean to you? Um, What does it mean to show up authentically? Because I feel like this word has become a buzzword and and people don't really know what that means for themselves. And it's and it can be personal. It is personal. So to me, authenticity is trust and honesty with oneself. So we tell ourselves a lot of stories to justify our actions, to protect ourselves from pain and to move forward in life, really. And sometimes it's challenging to know what the truth is in those stories. What stories are we telling ourselves that are true? And in the moment, they may feel like truth, but are you aware of it? Are you intentionally communicating your truth or are you letting the I should side? And I'll talk more about that. The, oh, I should be like this, or I'm going to speak up because I want to sound smart or, you know, however you're showing up, is it the truth or is it this I should side um, that's taking the reins? And so, um, yeah, I want to hear what what people are saying in the chat too, what authenticity is. But that's what it means to me. It means building trust with myself so that I can be honest with myself and vice versa, being honest with myself and knowing myself well enough um, and developing that relationship with myself so I can really know myself, call myself out on my own BS mm-hmm. um, and and know what the truth is and what isn't isn't the truth um, and really develop that that trust. And I think that's important you know, in relationships and in the workplace as well, because if you don't trust yourself and you're, and you're wishy-washy and you're showing up in, in a way that um, is then disingenuous, people, people will tune into the fact that you're, um, they'll see right through you, right? They'll tune into the fact that you're not showing up as your authentic self. Nabila saying authenticity is keeping it real. And then Kankoi, sorry if I said your name wrong, be you at work, not somebody else. Integrity. When I think of the word authenticity, I think of it as when your words equal and meet action, right? Nice. There's so many times, and I'm sure a lot of us have experienced this before, where somebody says they're going to do something, yet yeah. they don't do something. And you're thinking like, okay, some there's a missed connection here. But to me, when I see that, I think, oh, man, this person isn't very authentic. I cannot trust what they're going to say. And especially if you're a manager, for example, right, and you're leading people, I think this is even a more critical skill. And I even can, I would even call it a skill to make sure you hone in on that. Whatever you say, you're clear and you actually do it and you follow through with it. Because if your team starts to question and see you as a manager who's a bit wishy-washy, mm-hmm. that can hurt your credibility as well. So uh, Dean, I- yeah, Dean just actually chimed in. He just Absolutely. said it's a lot easier when we are just being ourselves, not faking or acting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you make a good point, Dean, about acting. So <laughs> I mentioned... <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned that I'm an actor. Um, and that was, this is what kind of spurred me to really dive into this topic because I really struggled with what is my truth? Am I acting in this moment or am I being real? And I saw my sister on here, Nabila. <laughs> hey, she can attest to the fact that growing up, you know, I've been acting since I was five. Growing up, it was always like, Oh, you're just acting. You're acting. And that question, I really question myself all the time. Am I acting or is this really how I feel? And I've always been sort of an introspective, like, Mm -hmm. you know, person who has always questioned my thoughts and feelings. And I think that's where authenticity starts is really getting to know yourself and asking yourself that question. And then when it comes to acting training, and this is where like my tips come in and, and what I'd like to share that I've learned from this process is that When I started theater school, um, one of the first things you learn is finding neutral. So letting go of your own needs and desires and morals to make space for the characters. So this means letting go of the physical and mental ways we protect ourselves 
that restrict our energy and oxygen flow. So one of the techniques that I learned as an actor was body breath awareness. And it's this idea that we hold our experiences and um, the societal norms and everything that we're conditioned in our minds, but also in our bodies. And so that could show up like something like I should be as a society, I should be standing up straight, sucking in my stomach while I'm presenting. And that's how I should be. I should come across as poised. And, and that's, you know, that's what's acceptable. So now all of a sudden I'm getting into a I should be mind frame. I'm sucking in my stomach. I'm tensing up. I'm being in a less natural state. But what's happening is because all these things are happening in my body, it's actually restricting, like I'm getting dizzy now because it's actually, I'm sucking in my stomach, but it's actually restricting oxygen flow. So when I say energy and oxygen, your true self is energy. And what fuels your energy is oxygen. So as we make more space in our bodies by not sucking in our stomachs, you're actually, by sucking in your stomach, you're reducing almost a liter of oxygen to your brain. So that means when I show up like this, poised and sucking in my stomach, I've got less oxygen to my brain. So I'm not thinking clearly. I'm not tuning into myself. Um, but I am also going into fight or flight mode. Um, and this goes back to what Summer said last week on your show or two weeks ago on your show about fight or flight mode is that once you get into fight or flight mode, all of a sudden you can't think about anybody else outside mm -hmm. of yourself. So you get into a very solo one track mind, just trying to protect yourself. And that builds up in your body. All of a sudden we compensate. So I'm sucking in my stomach. I'm getting into fight or flight. All of a sudden my hips are locking up. Your hips are falling. This is a bit of psycho um, physiology, but your hips are falling socket uh, joints and your jaw is too. And they emulate each other. So if you're locking your hips, you're going to end up locking your jaw. What happens when you lock your jaw? Your mouth gets tight. It's harder to speak. It's harder to use your voice. Things tighten up. Your tongue root tightens up. All of a sudden, your breathing gets shallow again. You're, you're, you're perpetuating this fight or flight mode in your body, but then also in your brain too. So it's, it's all connected. And the only way to let go of all of that is to let go. Is <laughs> <laughs> to really know yourself and intrinsically know your value and your worth and your desires and how you want to show up in your best times and your worst times so that you don't have to, you don't have to fall into the trap of I should. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's some science also, there's some, some, some neuroscience and psychology behind what, my, what I learned in theater school, but also what Summer was saying last week about, um, about our brains. And when we focus on the ego, the id and the super ego. So this is Freudian terms, which I don't know how relevant Freud is in today's in today's psychology. But when, when I was in theater school almost 20 years ago, we learned about these terms, the ego, the id and the super ego. And so Freud said, your mind, our minds are made up of the ego, the id and the super ego. The id is the instinctive side. The superego is the moral side. So you think about the, you know, maybe the mm -hmm. devil and the angel on your shoulders. And the ego is the mediator who decides how we ultimately show up. The ego is the communicator. And so what, what Summer was calling them was, say, the prefrontal the pre cortex of our brain is the writer. So that would be the ego. The limbic brain, which she called the elephant, is the passionate, impulsive, but also the smart and strong side. So that's the id. And then the superego is something that she didn't talk about, but which I call the blocker. And that's the I should brain. The I should be comes up with your um, how you're conditioned in your upbringing and the societal pressures. Um, so it's important to know what your id wants and what your superego wants so that you can make an intentional choice and communicate through your ego and how you show up. Um, so I think... <sighs> You just unloaded so much good information <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wait, how do we go back and just review everything? But sure. I think what really struck me is this mind and body connection that you were just saying. Yeah. And you mentioned this like fight or flight moment. And I just think about those moments where my heart is pounding, you know, and this is when I'm, for example, put on the spot, right? And I imagine this is something that people may have experienced. And let us know in the chat if this is something you might have experienced where you're suddenly put on the spot. You have to like 
act or say something in a certain way, but you can tell your body just is not feeling that connected to, okay, how am I supposed to act right now? Right. But that's the word. How am I supposed to act? But the real answer is just say what it is that you know, right? I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to almost have to perform a certain way at work. Mm -hmm. But I do feel that that never lasts very long. And Mm -hmm. I get it. And I remember, I don't remember who I had on this chat with me, but we were talking about how, yes, sometimes at work, there is an element of performance, right? You kind of have to maybe carry yourself Mm -hmm. a certain way. That's, Mm -hmm. and that's maybe just being like a good team player, you know, making sure you have a good attitude, you know, things like that. But in the end, Hey, if you kind of like a silly person, it's okay to show that personality, you know? And I feel like sometimes we hide that a little bit too much, but it's also being, having high emotional intelligence too, being socially aware of context. But anyways, Almir, I would love to get your thoughts on just that. Yeah. So I love what you said about um, the, that we need to show up in different ways at different times. Mm-hmm. So that's where the mediator comes in. So the ego side, that that communicator, the writer from your prefrontal cortex is that let's do this exercise where um, you identify the character traits at your best. How do you show up or how do you want to show up? So when I, go, when I, I said being intentional, right? So being intentional about how you show up and how you communicate. So if we know at our best, we're like this and at our worst, we're like this. So that in these moments when we're at work or in different situations, we have a better gauge of where on that spectrum should our ego bring us forward and come out and, and be ourselves. So it doesn't mean that authenticity isn't that you just give in to your impulses or give right. into that it, right? For example, I'm mad about an email. So I give into that impel, impulse and respond angrily because that's how I authentically feel. Authenticity is about being aware of how you are at your worst and at your best and then deciding with intention how you will show up in your day-to-day life. I hope everyone just wrote that down. That was the powerful sentence, Almira. I mean, you said it right. Just because you're angry, it doesn't mean that what's authentic is me just being angry, start yelling at work. No, 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 no. That's not authenticity. Yes, you may feel angry, but that's also kind of like maybe inappropriate given the context, right? So there are different ways to channel it for sure. Exactly, exactly. And I think as we get to know ourselves and listen to ourselves and validate ourselves, all of these things, then we have a better gauge of how we can show up and how we can show up authentically because we know the truths from the lies. We can separate those stories. So if I say, okay, at my best, I show up with enthusiasm and excitement and creativity and I'm a team player and um, I communicate with expression. Um, And then at my worst, I kind of I get agitated. I get irritated. I can be quick. I don't want to have those personal small talk conversations. I just want to like get down the brass tacks, give it Mm -hmm. to me straight. And so, and that's just, you know, an example. Um, And so when I show up each day, I can say, okay, how am I feeling now? (laughs) And how do I want to show up for my team? So I know I'm feeling irritated. I know I'm feeling agitated, but I know that because I've done the work. Mm-hmm. to when I have been in those moments to recognize, oh, wow, something different is happening. Something, so it's seeking to understand yourself um, a little bit more. And that just is practice. That's just over time asking yourself questions. I mentioned from starting when I was like five years old, asking myself, am I acting? Um, and my husband puts me to this test every single day. <laughs> it's like something comes up and I'll get mad about the dishes being like not done or something. The shoes aren't put away. And I'm like, is this really about the shoes or is it something else going on? <laughs> Tell me about your day. Tell me about this. So all of a sudden he's not labeling me as somebody who is like OCD and like controlling, but it's that, oh, it's actually something else that's showing up today because in, and it's manifesting in this way. So I'm irritated because, I don't know, I didn't fit into the jeans I just bought. And so I'm mad about that. So it's really just asking yourself honest questions. Yeah. Um, and so there's an, there is an exercise that I would love to just share yeah. not to, to kind of get to the, the, the mindset side of how you begin to have that relationship with yourself. And I mentioned it before, but it really is 
taking listing out what the id wants so what is it on the impulse side what is it that i um that i am and then what is the i should say so if you think about um the super ego the super ego being the angel on your shoulder the blocker the one that um, from our societal pressures from our upbringing or whatever it may be what does everyone think i should be how should i show up and list out those things I should be a great mom. I should have a clean house. I should have a, you know, my hair done every day when I show up. I should be um, a great manager or leader. I should be doing everything for my manager so that they don't, so that they see me as a leader. I should be working in the evenings <laughs> so that no. people, people think I'm a hard worker. I should say yes to everything so that people know that I'm a hard worker and dependable. All of those things, write them down then write down the I am. And this is where you ask yourself the questions and you look at the character traits. You can pull up a list on Google, but what are character traits? And you list out all the things that you are, that you know you are at your best and at your worst. And you'll start to see some parallels between the two sides of the list. When I do this, I often find, wow, there are a lot of similarities actually. So why am I trying to control everything all the time? Because when we get into control, control is almost like that fight or flight too, right? Yeah. You're trying to steer the ship rather than just sitting back, breathing and letting it happen and trusting yourself. And it goes back to trust. I trust myself that I'm going to show up in the right way in this moment. I trust myself that I know what I'm talking about when I come on Jessica Chen's live, <laughs> that I'm not going to feel. It's so many, um, you know, stories that I told myself before coming on here. And I just had to sit back and say, no, I trust myself. I trust myself to show up. Um, so I think that list and going back to that list to say, yeah, I am this, 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 and this from the character traits side. And looking at that list, I can then say, okay, here in this moment, this is how I'm gonna show up. I should, I am. And it's interesting because I do feel that if people show up in a way that isn't truly genuine to who they are, people can feel that. Right. And it's, it's like something, I don't want to say the word off, but it's just, you can just tell like the other person may be holding back or you're just like, something doesn't feel right. And I feel like this exercise you just shared is something that all of us can do. So for those, I saw that Terry was like, I'm scrambling to take notes and I'm happy that you're taking notes as we're talking about this, because that is that's probably a very simple exercise. Uh, 15, 20 minutes of just quiet time to just write out this list can really help you identify who am I and how is it that I do want to show up with any person I'm interacting with. Yeah. I do have to laugh because when you're talking about your husband and you, you are kind of being like angry at, you know, whatever, it kind of reminds me of like my, my poor husband as well. Sometimes it's like, I just project whatever it is that I'm feeling that day. And he's just the closest person to me. I just like project it onto him. So I was just laughing. I was like, oh, our poor husbands. But anyways. Well, can you imagine, can you imagine? And, and, and I know we were going to talk about this too. So I hope you don't mind me kind of just like shifting to the manager. Side. Yes, I do want to talk about that. So how does this show up at work? Imagine your husband is not your husband, but you're at work and that's your manager. True. And you're going around being like, the dishes aren't done, the shoes aren't put away, and like that's your manager. Imagine if your manager was as understanding or as high EQ mm -hmm. as your husband. Yeah. Wouldn't that liberate you at work a little bit? Wouldn't that allow you to show up as your full self? So when we think about what managers can do to support their their, their reports um, on being their authentic selves at work. It's not to say, oh, just let everything happen and just let people be how they want to be, but it's about developing your EQ as a manager so that you can recognize your employees, your team, how are they at their best? How are, that they, are they at their worst? And then how are they showing up today and meet them where they are and then know what motivates them so that you can help them get out of that fight or flight if they are. Um, and then, then you guys can grow to grow together. I think back to, so before I started Soulcast Media, I did a little bit of PR as well. And I remember at that time, many years ago, I had a really great manager. And I always think back to this particular manager because I always try to emulate the way he at the time managed me. And I absolutely loved the way he communicated. So he was always the kind of person who was very authentic. And why do I say that? 
he had a silly side to him that he wasn't afraid to show that you knew when you're engaging with him and you know we weren't necessarily talking about serious work things that whatever he said is there was always this lighthearted air to him that was very um, attractive like i was like oh i really love hanging out and talking with him you know he's a great manager but when times were like okay we got to get down to business and he said something that like hey this has to be done we got to do this you knew what he said he meant it right he was always very fair as well and i feel like you know when i think back to him and his managerial style i could always trust that whatever he said came from a very good place an honest place not malicious also never playing favoritism either right and you know i think back to the way i manage my team right now and it's like you know i try to make sure i treat them you know well fair and just make sure that i'm giving them space as well, instead of me being the one saying, do this, do that, I try to give them space. And that's why I also really liked him because again, he wasn't the kind of micromanaging kind of person because trust me, nobody likes a manager who's like that, right? <laughs> so yeah, I just think about managers and how managers can kind of find that voice as well when they are communicating with your team. But Amira, love to get your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, yeah, you said something really interesting too that I, that I, that I would love to dig into, which is space. Um, and really creating space for your team, creating mm -hmm. space for yourself. So when we talk about the self side, it's creating space in your mind, creating space in your body for your breath. Um, but as a manager, creating space for your team to show up, um, but and then creating space for yourself as well. Um, and that means when you create space for your team, it's what you said and what this manager did for you mm -hmm. was that they gave you the space to make decisions, yeah. to um, show up how you're going to show up. There was no judgment. Nope. There was no judgment if you, you know, came in silly one day, if yeah. you, you know, came in hot one day. Like, <laughs> you just, you know, there's space for that. Um, one of my favorite managers um, did this as well. And and it was that consistency. You meant you mentioned trust because you knew how that person was going to show up. Right. And so as we begin to know ourselves and know how we are at our best and our worst, and we're showing up consistently in those times. So that manager that you mentioned wasn't the same all the time. It wasn't no. like they lacked personality, but you knew in those moments how they were going to show up. And that's how you develop trust. You knew when it was time to get down to work. You knew when it was time to have fun and things were all good. Um, so that's one, developing EQ for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but two, as a manager, knowing yourself to show up consistently over time. And that's what builds trust, too. For those who are just joining, who just popped in, first of all, thank you all for joining. And for those who stayed on, we have over close to over 50 of you who are on this right now, which is just so fantastic. And thank you all for just staying and watching and listening to our chat about finding your authentic voice. If Almira and I can answer any questions that you have in regards to authenticity, showing up, communications, throw it into the chat function because we want to help you answer anything that may be on your mind. Or as we're talking, maybe something just popped in. You're like, wait a second, I do have a question. Just throw it and pop into the chat. We're seeing some of the comments come in. Yes, I see psychological safety. Charlotte, I, I love your you. comment. Really enjoying this. Very thought provoking. Thank you so much. For my whole family's here. My mom's here now. Oh my gosh, I love it. Hi, Almira's mom. <laughs> uh, psychological safety, is it, right? Psychological safety is for yourself and for your team. Um, and, and, and again, that just goes back to, to, to getting to know yourself. So there's, there's another thing that I wanted to touch on that I, that I mentioned briefly at the beginning, that this is not just about the mental side. So it's not like we're going to write out all these things and then all of a sudden we're going to know how we show up and that's just going to be it. This shows up in our body and our brain. So we we have to focus on the body side of it too. We have you you know you've probably heard of muscle memory. Mm -hmm. Muscle memory is is with you your whole life. Like your your body doesn't forget things. We have these physical traumas that stay just as they do in our brains. So as much as, as important as it is to have, you know, therapy, we talk a lot about mental health, but mental health is not just about your brain and the psychology of your brain, but it's about the physiology of your body as well. And we hold emotions in our bodies. We hold emotion, we hold 
trauma, we hold pain, and we protect ourselves in our bodies in those ways as well. And so one of the one of the first places we do that is in our in our solar plexus, which is in our in our chest, in our breastbones, just below our breastbone. And so when you think about people who, you know, will put their hand on their heart and they say, okay, all of a sudden, like, I feel so connected. And it's because you're putting pressure on this trauma point that we often is the first place where we tense up when we are trying to protect ourselves. But it is also one of our most vulnerable places. So if you can begin to, one of the fastest ways that I tap into my authentic self is one, letting go of my belly, which I talked about before get rid of the Sphinx, but two, <laughs> but two is, um, is really putting, you know, putting my hand on to my chest and really just sometimes I do this and I hum and I breathe to loosen and soften this. Oh, I like that. Cause when I'm going through my day and all of the things that are happening, I'm in control mode. And when I get into control mode, I feel it here. It just tightens up. Everything is so tense and I'm not making space for my breath. So I just tap here and I hum and I really start to soften this place. And all of a sudden I'm creating more space for my breath in my whole upper cavity. Um, I also do the same thing on my back, create space so that all of a sudden when I'm humming, I can feel the vibration through my whole back um, and loosening up all that, you know, that fluid and just creating more space for oxygen for your whole body. For those who didn't see what Almira just did, you essentially just kind of use your fingers and just tap your chest up here, right? And actually that does, for those of you guys want, just try it right now. Try it right now at your home. I do feel like there's this kind of like relaxation to this. It kind of just reminds you to almost just breathe a little bit, right? Yeah. This is so simple. Anybody can do this, especially if they're feeling anxious. I, I want to pivot our conversation a little bit in terms of, you know, how can somebody, if they're in a very stressful situation, right? How can they pull up this authentic self and they can show up in a way where it's true to them. So I just kind of think back to, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning of this chat, I I'm fairly introverted as well. You know, it took me a while to also find my voice. And mm -hmm. this was because early on in my career, I started as a broadcast TV journalist. And in that industry, you have a lot of big personalities. I'm sure with acting too, right? You have a lot of big personalities. So when we were sitting in our newsroom, our editorial meetings, you have these people, these veteran reporters, these veteran TV anchors who are just dominating conversations. And for me, when I was 21, 22 years old, fresh out of school, sitting in these meetings, for example, was very intimidating. And I felt in those settings, I did not really have a voice because mm -hmm. I felt completely, first of all, intimidated, but also overshadowed by these mm -hmm. bigger voices. So it just reminds me of like, how did I then find this authentic voice that I feel pretty good with right now. Like I'm, I'm so happy, you know, of the voice that I have, and I've been able to build up this confidence, but for me, and I'll share the process with everybody here was, it was also being introspective, kind of like what you mentioned earlier. I spent some time trying to figure out why, why was I struggling to not want to speak why was I struggling with not feeling confident about my ideas? And for me, this was unique to me, but I think a lot of it kind of stemmed from a lot of my cultural upbringings of people, you know, saying, okay, you know, you don't want to talk too much. You don't want to, you know, rock the boat. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that, right? People are just telling me, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. So in my mind, I just internalized a lot of the ways I should be carrying myself, right? Oh, at work, maybe I shouldn't disagree with my boss. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't do that. But I realized that that's not necessarily, it's not necessarily apples to apples. Like, yes, maybe in my traditional conservative Asian household, my parents expected me to act this way. And I was very happy to do that. But in the workplace, I needed to almost carry myself in a different way, but still feel it being authentic to myself. So I share that personal story because I struggled with this early on too, especially being surrounded by these big, loud voices that I didn't feel like I had my own. But of course, through time and finding my own confidence and even learning communications techniques, yeah. body language, tone of voice, like that all helped as well. But I wanted just yeah. to kind of share how that helped me. Yeah, that's amazing. And I don't think your I, I don't think your um, your experience is, um, you know, it, it's I think a lot of people would relate to that. I certainly relate to it uh, as well. And so 
for me, that was exactly what you did was, where is this coming from? Where is this judgment or this expectation coming from and really going back into my brain and my body to figure out like, why do I feel like I should just, you know, do all of these things, like don't speak up in a room full of people who are more senior level than me. Um, And part of that comes with the confidence of knowing that you know your stuff. Right. You You know your stuff. Right. You have value to add. And so one of the things which we haven't talked about is listening. Hmm. Because if you listen, a lot of times you're, you know, you're sitting in that room, you're in that media room, you're thinking about yourself, you're thinking about, and I'm not saying this was you, but maybe, maybe you were thinking about, oh, I have this idea and I want to say it or, but I can't. And all of these thoughts are filling your mind of imposter syndrome and you can't do this and you should do this and all that are filling your mind that you're going into that fight or flight mode mm-hmm. where you can't focus on anything else that's going on around outside of you. But if you're able to let that go and just listen, listening is, I, I was a terrible listener. I realized I, 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 I really, I like, I just wanted to speak. I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> I started really listening first to myself, but then also to others I realized so much. I realized that one, I'm not alone, that actually most of those senior people in those rooms are feeling the exact same way. They were probably also judging themselves on, you know, what did that person think about me? And I've coached executives. I've coached executives from, you know, in the C-suite at Coca-Cola and Chick-fil-A and, you know, Publix and Home Depot. And I promise you, they all feel the same way. They're all so insecure about what, you know, what are people thinking about me and how can I speak up and how can I use your, so one, you're not alone, but two, as you begin to listen, you also realize that everybody has some kind of value to add. Oh yes. And that we really shouldn't judge our value, what, what we have to offer, offer because great ideas are just one idea built on the other. And so no matter if maybe you're, what you're going to speak up and say doesn't resonate with everybody, but one part of what you might say could build on something else to create a connection that just blows somebody else's mind. So it's really this idea of your unique perspective and your authentic voice and your value combined with others as we communicate with each other is how we form innovative ideas, is how we form new connections um, within ourselves and with others. So that's, that's just something I would add to that. You just said something so important in that I think a lot of times people are afraid to, for example, speak up in meetings because they'll say an idea and let, and maybe it's not automatically validated, right? Yeah. People may not be like, oh, great idea, right? But you just said it. It's that you shared an idea and it maybe sparked something else in somebody somebody else's thinking and like that you build on top of the other so I think sometimes a lot of people again they don't speak up because they feel judged but don't feel that way just think of you as saying something to contribute um, I want to also bring this point as you know you're talking of like sometimes people feel that they have to act a certain way and I think back to this time where when, this is especially more when I was younger where I thought if I wanted to be taken seriously I had to always act serious. And I don't know if this was (laughs) something that, you know, a lot of young folks feel like they have to be, but I realized that, you know, that's really not the case. You know, if you want to be treated as a serious person, it's not about you always acting with a very stern face. Like for me, like that's not even who I am. So I, I realized that early on when I was acting that way, it was actually making it very hard for people to feel connected to me because I started to be seen as that serious person. And once I was able to be like, wait a second, that's not even who I am. Why am I acting this way? <laughs> that people then started to like, at least be more comfortable around me. So that's yes. just something that I, I just thought about. I, I, I resonate with that 100% because that was, that was my experience. I was showing up when I started at the agency, at the marketing and PR agency. And all of a sudden I was coaching you know, executives, I felt like I had to show up and be this serious person. I was leading teams that were, you know, managing up and across and down. 
And I had to be this serious person. Well, what happened was in my review, I got notes saying that I was mean or that I wasn't nice or, and so what was happening was that my facial expressions or how I was showing up, what I thought was serious, people were not connecting with. They thought that I just was not happy or I was being mean or, you know, I didn't have a good poker face clearly, but that's what was showing up because I wasn't being authentic. My, Mm -hmm. my authentic self wasn't showing up. And often that's what happens is that there's a disassociation between how your physical self is showing up and what your intentions are. So my intention was to show up being like, I'm serious. So take me seriously. But My face wasn't matching it. My tone and my body, my energy wasn't matching it. So when we can connect, that's why I think it's also so important to connect the body, the breath and the awareness so that they're they're matching up so that they're you know you're you're showing up the way you intend to yeah it's so funny i love that you're able to relate to that because i <laughs> felt like that was something that i really was like wait a second i don't need to have a poker face the whole time in a meeting to be taken seriously no in fact the more you're able to open up and show a little bit more of your authentic self people gravitate towards that. I mean, we're all humans in the yeah. end. We're not robots. Right. You know? so. Yeah. With the idea of seeking to understand and assuming best intentions. And I think that's a great, great tip for managers too. Well, there's one question that um, I wanted to pull up here. It's from Uday. What should we do when we struggle for an answer when you get anxious in an interview and your body just freezes? So how do you, yeah, how do you answer a question authentically when you're feeling like your body is just, oh, super tight and frozen. What do you do? Yeah, I'm sure you could um, speak to this too. And while I answer this, I would love to hear from Angeline. She mentioned EFT tapping. I'm so curious. What is that? Um, So I would love to hear that. Um, So Uday, um, I feel like for me as an actor and for, um, for, you know, a speaker and media coach, um, what I, what I talk about when, when it comes to nerves and when you're, when you freeze is, really practicing what you learned in your toolkit. So what are the things that you can do breathing, right? So if all of a sudden I'm nervous and I'm about to freeze up, I know how I react. My body reacts when I'm nervous or um, I start to feel anxious. So, and and for everybody it's different. And this goes back to self-reflection and really taking note. Like next time you're anxious or nervous or you freeze, take note of what happened in your body. Take note of what happened in your brain. What were you telling yourself? What stories were you telling yourself so that you can begin to address those things the next time? So it's the preparation part of it. Um, but I know that I tense up. I get, I actually get really cold. And mm-hmm. so I, I make sure I have socks and a blanket on, even if I'm speaking like I've got socks on, I'm going to because it really does like, that's just what my body does when I get anxious or And or you nervous. know that about yourself. And I know that. And I know that my voice starts to get high pitched because I'm, tightening my stomach. I'm, you know, and so really dropping into my breath helps me get rid of those nerves. So letting go of my belly, dropping into my breath, breathing, getting that oxygen back up into your brain. And a lot of times what's happening when we freeze is we're going into fight or flight, we're losing oxygen. So breathing and one breathing technique is box breathing, where you inhale for four, exhale for four, inhale for four, exhale for four. And you do that a couple of times and you'll begin to really um, get your oxygen going. Again, stretching, moving, tapping. If you're already on stage and you're in that moment, what you can do is is you can do box breathing right up there. If you're on a podium and you're speaking and all of a sudden you're tensing up and you're freezing, you can start to do box breathing. Just pause. Just pause and go through your body checklist. So just start to relax from the top of your head. You're standing there, you're at the podium, people are watching you, that's okay. This is gonna take you literally 30 seconds and people can handle a 30 second pause. So you just start to relax, go through your jaw. These are the parts that tight, not your jaw. Loosen your jaw, drop your tongue to the bottom of your mouth. So a lot of times when we tense up, we stick our tongue all the way to the roof of our mouth and attach it there. (laughs) And that actually, it makes, fuels your anxiety and fuels your um, the, t- the tenseness in your body. So you just want to put the tip of your tongue to your teeth and relax the rest of it. That'll allow you to drop your jaw, drop your shoulders. So say I'm like this, I'm clenching my jaw, I'm just going to relax, relax my shoulders, then quickly just kind of go all the way down your body, loosen your hips, plant your feet, and then do, do some quick breathing from that place. And hopefully that'll help relax your body enough to get you some oxygen in there. 
so you can unfreeze and relax a little bit. A lot of times people wish that there was a magic formula where I can do this and then I can get that, right? And I wish there was like a magic bullet where, yes, it could be so instant, but I would echo exactly what you said, Almira. And I wish it was something more profound, but it's really as simple as just you have to just breathe, breathe through those moments where you're feeling, holy crap, yeah. you know? Yeah. If it maybe look away, look up, look down, but just allow yourself that millisecond to just recollect yourself when you can tell that you are talking really fast when you're starting to you know tremble or you know you have to feel these sensations in your body and once you feel it you're like wait a second i need to recollect myself and then refocus what it is that i want to say you know, deborah says go ahead i was going to just reiterate i'm seeing deborah says connect body breath and awareness yeah. Maria and Angeline actually answered your question, okay. Almira, about EFT, emotional freedom technique, sometimes known oh, as tapping. Oh, okay. So I'm learning science behind the things that I'm already doing. <laughs> um, one thing that you mentioned, which was really great, was like, was that when you're in that moment, it's the things that you're telling yourself that help, that actually make you spiral more into that that anxiety. And so going back to the stories we tell ourselves and that magic bullet for me, honestly, after doing all this work, my magic bullet really is just letting go of my belly. And that's it. Like I let go of my belly and I have my mantra that I tell myself so that I know that I can ignore those stories. So I let go of my belly and I just say, you got this and that's it. And, and, and make it about somebody else is another really great tool that I've learned over the years. So it's that practicing gratitude mindset. So shifting your focus from internal to judging yourself and how you should be and how you are and focus it on somebody else. So mm -hmm. if I'm coming in here and I'm really nervous and I'm worried about how people are going to think of me and how I show up and my message and is it clear, is it not clear? These are all the things that I was thinking before I came in. But it's really about if I can say one thing to help someone in this chat, then like, then I've won, then I've got it. Then that's, that's huge. So focusing it on somebody else and being grateful. When I coach folks about when I coach folks and one of the most common questions I get is I, I become long winded. How can I rein it back in? And I become long winded because I'm nervous. So I just talk and I always remind people, just remind yourself, what's the point you're trying to make here? You know, and I always like, I feel like it's such a simple question that we have to always ask ourselves before a conversation, during a conversation, after a conversation, like what's the point I'm trying to make here? And just kind of reminding yourself of that can help yes. you recollect what it is. Yes. And nobody's going to get it right all the time. Like I coach people on this stuff and I still, I still don't do it right all the time. Right. You know, it's a practice. It's a yeah. journey for sure. Um, I would actually say one communications tip is if you find yourself long winded to even say that, be like, the point I'm trying to make here is yes. <laughs> to say one. that out loud. That's a good one. That's really a good one. Yeah. Um, so we are about, we're almost at the top of the hour. We've had such a great conversation, Almir. I've totally enjoyed this chat with you and it's just flown by. As we wrap up here, what is something that you'd like everybody to walk away with in terms of finding your authentic voice and you know, feeling confident about the way you carry yourself and show up at work. Uh, any tips that you'd like people to just remember? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I think the biggest takeaway that I can offer is to get out of your head and into your body. Um, because I think oftentimes us walking around like talking heads <laughs> keeps us from connecting to ourselves and connecting to each other. And that's really what drives authentic relationships. And so if we are coming at our relationships from a place of connectedness to ourselves, and we're not just talking heads, then we can connect with others. We're made up of energy and we exist in a world that is made up of energy and vibration. So if we can connect with other people on that same level of energy and vibration, we'll be able to make really authentic connected relationships. One tip that I'd like everybody just to kind of walk away with is like, you know what? We don't have any time to act any other way. That's not us. That's just the way it is, right? Like just be you, embrace you, 
and just remember we're all humans you know we're not engaging with robots here i mean maybe on some words with some software system we are but you know in the end when we're working together as a team we're just all people and people connect with people people connect with emotion right and i think just reminding yourself of that just reminding that hey just say what it is that you feel you know don't be afraid right and and i i would be shocked if you wouldn't find more positive outcomes when you do act that way and just being who you are. So, yeah. Almira, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you if they wanna get to know you a little bit more? LinkedIn, LinkedIn is the place to connect with me. I am, I work at LinkedIn, I'm always on LinkedIn. Um, it's the fastest way to connect with me and I absolutely love connecting with people on LinkedIn and just chatting and getting to know each other. And look, there are probably a bunch of things in here that um, that resonated with you. And sometimes maybe there wasn't things that resonate. I would love to hear either way, what worked for you and what didn't work for you. I'm learning on this journey and I wanna learn from you. And I hope that we can connect on LinkedIn and continue to grow together. I would completely echo that. Uh, I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So if you guys are not connected with me yet, connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you have any questions that we can help answer, at the end, feel free to message us. So want to let everybody know that we're so appreciative of you guys being here. We thank you for spending, it's been close to an hour. Hopefully everybody was able to walk away with some golden nuggets. Now, just so everybody knows, I do these about every other week or so. I always invite a great guest to come on and we talk about all things communications because that's what we do here at Soulcast Media. We love talking about communications. If you missed any of the golden nuggets that Almira and I shared, we're going to be putting it all into, into an article. It's through our VIP communications pass as well. So if you guys want all the notes of what we talked about, be sure to check out our VIP communications patch, which we have in the details in the function, wherever it is you're watching from. So check that out. We have another Soulcast Media Live in about two weeks. That one is going to be with my friend Lung. He is the chairman of Citibank in the South Asia region. He loves talking about communications as well. He's a fantastic guy. And we're going to be talking about leadership communication skills. So if you guys have not RSVP for that, make sure you do. Again, thank you, everyone, for taking the time, your morning, your afternoon, your evening, wherever it is you're dialing in from. We appreciate you. Be sure to connect with Almira. And if we're not already connected on LinkedIn, be sure to connect with me as well. Thank you all. And thank you, Almira, for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jessica. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye, everyone. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're inspired to begin improving your communications confidence, well, we'd love to help. Join our monthly communications membership where I teach a brand new communications workshop every single month. Or become a VIP member to access our best communications articles for life. Or maybe get one-on-one -on -one coaching with one of our board of communicators. We offer so many ways for you to learn and it's all housed on our website, soulcastmedia.com. Check it out and happy communicating.